the proud miss mcbride a legend of gotham by john godfrey Sachs, from the world's best poetry volume nine tragedy and humor part one read for LibriVox.org by craig franklin as the narrator phone as miss mcbride jason in canada as jim and lian yao as the former friends the proud miss mcbride a legend of gotham oh terribly proud was miss mcbride the very personification of pride as she minced along in fashion's tide adown broadway on the proper side when the golden sun was setting there was pride in the head she carried so high pride in her lip and pride in her eye and a world of pride in the very sigh that her stately bosom was fretting oh terribly proud was miss mcbride proud of her beauty and proud of her pride and proud of fifty matters beside that wouldn't have borne dissection proud of her wit and proud of her walk proud of her teeth and proud of her talk proud of knowing cheese from chalk on a very slight inspection proud abroad and proud at home proud wherever she chanced to come when she was glad and when she was glum proud as the head of a saracen over the door of a tippling shop proud as a duchess proud as a fop proud as a boy with a brand new top proud beyond comparison it seems a singular thing to say but her very senses led her astray respecting all humility in sooth her dull auricular drum could find in humble only a hum and heard no sound of gentle come in talking about gentility what lowly meant she didn't know for she always avoided everything low with care the most punctilious and queerer still the audible sound of supercilly she never had found in the adjective supercilious the meaning of meek she never knew but imagine the phrase had something to do with moses a peddling german jew who like all hawkers the country through was a person of no position and it seemed to her exceedingly plain if the word was really known to pertain to a vulgar german it wasn't germane to a lady of high condition even her graces not her grace for that was in the vocative case chilled with the touch of her icy face sat very stiffly upon her she never confessed a favour aloud like one of the simple common crowd but coldly smiled and faintly bowed as who should say you do me proud and do yourself an honour and yet the pride of miss mcbride although it had fifty hobbies to ride had really no foundation but like the fabrics that the gossips devise those single stories that often arise and grow till they reach a four-story size was merely a fancy creation her birth indeed was uncommonly high for miss mcbride first opened her eye through a skylight dim on the light of the sky but pride is a curious passion and in talking about her wealth and worth she always forgot to mention her birth to people of rank and fashion of all the notable things on earth the queerest one is pride of birth among our fierce democracy a bridge across a hundred years without a prop to save it from sneers not even a couple of rotten peers a thing for laughter fleers and jeers is american aristocracy english and irish french and spanish german italian dutch and danish crossing their veins until they vanish in one conglomeration 
so subtle a tangle of blood indeed no heraldry harvey will ever succeed in finding the circulation depend upon it my snobbish friend your family thread you can't ascend without good reason to apprehend you may find it waxed at the farther end by some plebeian vocation or worse than that your boasted line may end in a loop of stronger twine that plagued some worthy relation but miss mcbride had something beside her lofty birth to nourish her pride for rich was the old paternal mcbride according to public rumour and he lived uptown in a splendid square and kept his daughter on dainty fare and gave her gems that were rich and rare and the finest rings and things to wear and feathers enough to plume her a thriving tailor begged her hand but she gave the fellow to understand by a violent manual action she perfectly scorned the best of his clan and reckoned the ninth of any man an exceedingly vulgar fraction another whose sign was a golden boot was mortified with a bootless suit in a way that was quite appalling for though a regular suitor by trade he wasn't a suitor to suit the maid who cut him off with a saw and bade the cobbler keep to his calling a rich tobacconist comes and sues and thinking the lady would scarce refuse a man of his wealth and liberal views began at once with if you choose and could you really love him but the lady spoiled his speech in a huff with an answer rough and ready enough to let him know she was up to snuff and altogether above him a young attorney of winning grace was scarce allowed to open his face ere miss mcbride had closed his case with true judicial celerity for the lawyer was poor and seedy to boot and to say the lady discarded his suit is merely a double verity the last of those who came to court was a lively beau of the dapper sort without any visible means of support a crime by no means flagrant in one who wears an elegant coat but the very point on which they vote a ragged fellow a vagrant now dapper jim his courtship plied i wish the fact could be denied with an eye to the purse of the old mcbride and really nothing shorter for he said to himself in his greedy lust whenever he dies as die he must and yields to heaven his vital trust he's very sure to come down with his dust in behalf of his only daughter and the very magnificent miss mcbride half in love and half in pride quite graciously relented and tossing her head and turning her back no token of proper pride to lack to be a bride without the mac with much disdain consented old john mcbride one fatal day became the unresisting prey of fortune's undertakers and staking all on a single die he foundered bark went high and dry among the brokers and breakers but alas for the haughty miss mcbride twas such a shock to her precious pride she couldn't recover though she tried her jaded spirits to rally twas a dreadful change in human affairs from a place uptown to a nook upstairs from an avenue down to an alley twas little condolence she had god what from her troops of friends who hadn't forgot the airs she used to borrow they had civil phrases enough but yet twas plain to see that their deepest regret 
was a different thing from sorrow and one of those chaps who make a pun as if it were quite legitimate fun to be blazing away at every one with a regular double-loaded gun remarked that moral transgression always brings retributive stings to candle-makers as well as kings for making light of serious things was a very wicked profession and vulgar people the saucy churls inquired about the price of pearls and mocked at her situation she wasn't ruined they ventured to hope because she was poor she needed mope few people were better off for soap and that was a consolation and to make her cup of woe run over her elegant ardent plighted lover was the very first to forsake her he quite regretted the step twas true the lady had pride enough for two but that alone would never do to quiet the butcher and baker and now the unhappy miss mcbride the merest ghost of her early pride bewails her lonely position cramped in the very narrowest niche above the poor and below the rich was ever a worse condition moral because you flourish in worldly affairs don't be haughty and put on airs with insolent pride of station don't be proud and turn up your nose at poorer people in plainer clothes but learn for the sake of your mind's repose that wealth's a bubble that comes and goes and that all proud flesh wherever it grows is subject to irritation end of poem this recording is in the public domain